I'm really excited about uh, today. I want to declare today, as I've already said, a day of freedom. A day of freedom. Um, I know we've already heard today that God's favourite films are heist movies. I beg to differ. (laughs) Not that there's a competition going on. Um, I've just got hold of some films I'd never heard of and I'd never seen. Amazing, because I watch a lot of films. And so I'm just going to put on a clip of this, uh, of this film that I'd never heard of till about three or four days ago. This, this perhaps is a spoiler for you because I know you're all going to want to see this over the next few days because this is so going to grip your life. Thank you, media team. It is useless to resist. Don't let yourself be destroyed as Obi-Wan did. I've spoiled the movie for you guys. <laughs> it's useless to resist. There is no escape. This is your destiny. Don't you love this? Come with me. It is the only way. Dun dun dun. And that infamous line, I am your father. Do you remember when that happened? The shock in the Western world. (laughs) You know, so often, a a generation repeats the mistakes of the previous generation. 
but they don't just repeat the mistakes, they add some. And it gets worse. We see so often when a father is dysfunctional, the impact it has on the family and on the children. And the reaction and the consequences are massive. I don't know if you've ever said this, and I'll preempt this by saying I've got wonderful parents. And I love my mum and dad. And um, they've been an incredible example to me. They've encouraged me, they believed in me. My mum, from the age of as, as old as I can remember, as young as I can remember, told me I could achieve and I could overcome. She didn't use words like that, but it was, you know, she believed in me. Taught me how to do things, whether it's screw a plug or um, change the sheets on my bed. I remember I was in the Cubs and the Scouts and my mum used to do the, the evenings where the Cubs had to learn things to get their little badges and we used to have to go to someone's house to do the bed, make a boiled egg, all of that stuff. Well, that was my mum's house because she lived across, just across or lives just across from the, the Scout hut. So we'd all used to pile over there and, and it'd be, I'm going home. My mum's going to teach all these, all these little Cubs, all these little Keenies with their caps on, their little toggle how to boil an egg and how to do this stuff. But, so I will preempt this with, um, you say things when you're young that you sort of tend to regret when you're older. Hello? <laughs> but I used, to, I used to commit, when I grow up, I'm not going to be like that. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I'm never going to say that to my children. Hello? Never going to tell my kids to sweep the house or to do the dishes. We didn't have dishwashers back then. One thing my dad used to sit on the, probably still does, but, you know, sit on the sofa. I'll never forget it. He used to sit there and we'd have the TV on all three channels. BBC One, BBC Two and ITV. That was it. No Channel 4. And he used to sit there like this. <laughs> He'd sit there like this, like that, we were watching TV. And I used to see him out of the corner of my eye. Oh, stupid. Why are you sitting there like this? Just, not, just critical. I had some tough teenage years, and I used to sort of, not because of them, and just used to, you know, oh, stupid. I'm never going to do that when I grow up. You know what I do when I sit on the sofa watching TV? It's true, isn't it? They just sit there with my arm in my head. And you know what? I know what my boys are thinking. I know what they're thinking. And if they once say it, I'm just... <laughs> no, we don't do that, do we? But isn't it amazing how... When we're young or when we're any age, actually, when I grow up, I'm not going to say that, never going to do that, never going to be like that, never going to be grumpy with my boys, never going to get cross with them when it's genuine and they've made a mistake. 
We all see things that we don't like or have seen things. You know, perhaps we have seen as we're growing up, and I'm not just talking about in parents, but in in life, just in generations, perhaps we've seen people and we've made commitments. They're just way too grumpy, too critical, never going to be like that. Perhaps you were, you know, surrounded by people who were really negative. And that was your environment growing up. Perhaps, you know, perhaps going a little bit sort of deeper here, perhaps you're surrounded by a poverty mentality that no, we can't do that, we don't have enough. And, and all you ever heard was can't afford it, can't afford it, can't afford it, can't do it, won't do it, can't afford it, not spending money on that. Perhaps going a little bit deeper, you were surrounded by life that didn't show you any affection or any emotion. So you just learnt to survive. Perhaps... You are surrounded by people who always displayed a victim mentality. Look what's done to me. So you've grown up with a chip on your shoulder. Why? Because they were the victim. So you've now inherited their mentality because of what was done to them. Let's go a little bit deeper, shall we? Perhaps you were surrounded by some kind of alcohol abuse. Drunkenness. Perhaps you saw people come home to your house in a bad state and perhaps they took that out on the family. Perhaps you saw your mum beaten. Perhaps you saw your dad beaten. Perhaps you were surrounded by drug dependency. Perhaps you were surrounded by some attitude against this race or against that race. Just little comments that were sewn in from a very young age about the Jews or the blacks or the whites. Perhaps you were surrounded by an environment where you knew there was unfaithfulness going on. Saw a film the other week, um, quite a harrowing film in some ways, not nasty, but just like, wow, this, this really affects some of your standards and some of your morals and why you do the things you do and what you just, you know, what, just things that you just allow. And um, in this thing, there, were, there had to be a time of truth because there was a bomb about to be detonated. And he said, have you got anything to say? And there's all this sort of stuff going on. And, and it came out that there was unfaithfulness in the marriage. And the husband and the wife got angry, but the son was just distraught. Couldn't believe what he was hearing and the impact that had on his life. And yet we find ourselves struggling so often with an example of the past or generational strongholds of the past And here we are saying, I'm going to live free. And yet we've been fashioned by dysfunction. Or we've been fashioned by a regretful situation. Or we've been fashioned by situations that were out of our control. Really weren't anything to do with us. Strongholds of the past. Perhaps a generation stronghold, perhaps a family stronghold, 
But the good news today, the good news today is he who the Son sets free is free indeed. Is free indeed. Just like Luke Skywalker in the, the, the um, film clip. It comes out, this is your destiny, Luke, to be like me, says the Father. This is your destiny. Come and join me because I'm going to give you power you don't even know you've got. Come and be like me. Like the environment that you came from. And that's the pull on the emotions. That's the pull on the mentality. All of us have got filters that we see life through. And I'm not going to get into this this morning. But you know what? Sometimes we need to reverse engineer why we think the, th the things we think. Why we react in the way we react. Why when somebody says something, do you just e explode? Why is that? It's like, wow, that's an overreaction. Well, it's probably because something's there from the past. It's probably because something is still hard there. Something's, something's tough. Something hasn't been dealt with. But just like Luke Skywalker in that, he made the break. <laughs> he broke free. And I know the acting was incredible. And it's like, no! I can't even do the face. No! Come to the dark side. Come to alcoholism. Come to insecurity. Come to rejection. Come to racism. Come to reaction. No! You cannot resist. It's futile. I know what he's saying. It's useless to resist. No! And I love what happens. He looks down. He looks back. He looks down. He looks back. And off he goes. And I won't tell you what happens next. Because the film's coming out next week. That's just a little... Spoiler. But just like Luke Skywalker, there was a man in the Bible that we are currently considering. His name's Gideon. And he had to do the, no, and break free. Let's turn to Judges chapter 6, verses 23 to 35. Then the Lord said to Gideon, Shalom be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. So Gideon, he built an altar there to the Lord and he called it, the Lord is, is peace, is shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken. To this day, it is still in Ophrah of the Abizrites. Now it came to pass on the same night that the Lord said to him, take your father's young bull, the second bull of seven years old, and tear down the altar. We say tear down the altar. Yeah. Okay. Tear down the altar of Baal that your father has, that your father built, that your father owns. And cut down the image that is beside it and build an altar to the Lord your God on top of this rock. The Amplified says, on top of this stronghold. On top of this stronghold. 
in the proper arrangement, in the proper order. Let's get things round the right way today, shall we? He said, take the second bull and offer the burnt offering, so the burnt sacrifice with the wood of the image, which you shall cut down. I love the fact that the graven image becomes an object of worship. It's burnt, destroyed, burnt up to God. So Gideon took 10 men from among his servants and did as the Lord had said to him. But because he feared his father's household and the men of the city too much to do it by day, he did it at night. And when the men of the city arose early in the morning, there was the altar of Baal torn down. And the image that was beside it was cut down and the second bull was being offered on the altar which had been built. So they said to one another, who's done this thing? And when they had inquired and asked, they said it was Gideon, the son of Joash, has done this thing. Then the men of the city said to Joash, bring out your son that he may die because he has torn down this altar of Baal and because he's cut down the wooden image that was beside it. But Joash said to all who stood against him, would you plead for Baal? You're going to defend your God. (laughs) Would you save him? Let the one who would plead for him be put to death by morning. If Baal, if he is a God, let him plead for himself because his altar has been torn down. Therefore on that day, they called Gideon Jerubal, saying, let Baal plead against him because he has torn down his altar. Then all these enemies, the people of the east, gathered together. They crossed over and they encamped encamped in the valley of Jezreel. But the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. Don't you love that? See, after every victory is a new place in God, is a new anointing, is a new presence of God in your life. For the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon and he blew the trumpet and the Abiserites gathered behind him and he sent um, messengers throughout all Manasseh and also who also gathered behind him. He also sent them out to Asher, to Zebulun, to Naphtali and they came up to meet them. Incredible passage of Scripture. Very, very powerful occurrence in the life of Gideon. I want to pray today that the same Spirit that came upon Gideon comes upon those of us here today, here in this room. It's what I want to pray. It's what I want to believe for. As I've been believing God for today, that's what I'm praying. We know it's the Holy Spirit, but you get what I mean. Before Gideon could free a nation, he had to walk free himself. How can we pretend to make the kind of generational impact we dream of when so often we labour under generational restrictions? I pray today that a people here decide to take their lives away from what is inevitable and into a decisive destiny. What does this mean for us? What does that mean? What am I talking about? Take our lives away from that which is inevitable. So often we think, well, this is just it. This is how I am. This is what I've got. This is what I've inherited. This is what I've been handed in life. This is what I've been given. Not my fault. Just inherited it. 
If I had had a different upbringing, if I had had different parents, if I had had a different education, if I was a different colour, if I'd been born in a different generation, if I hadn't done this, if I hadn't been there, if I hadn't been sent here or sent there, if I hadn't married that or if, I, we, if we hadn't had these children, that, if I hadn't married him or her. This is inevitable now. This is life. This is just what I've got to put up with. This is what I've been handed. This is my inheritance. You see, I believe there's a godly defiance that needs to rise up on the inside of us. A godly defiance. See, when somebody decides they are not going to repeat the same mistakes that they've seen made before, they're up for a fight. They're up for a battle. And they're up for a season of transformation. See, there's a godly defiance that says, I am not going to live another day with the inevitable, with what I've been handed. I'm going to make a decision today to live my life out from the clutches of the past, out from what I've been handed and into the future that God has prepared for me. Are you getting anything out of this today? I'm being very measured in everything I'm saying here today because there is a deliverance that is going to take place in people's lives. You see, if we're talking about we live life with the inevitable, well, surely the inevitable is inevitable. Because it's inevitable. Well, outside of God, absolutely true. But with God, all things are possible. You don't have to live with what you've been given. You don't have to live with what you've been handed in life. Today, I've been... I've entitled this message, The Choice for Freedom. The Choice for Freedom. See, there are two things that Gideon had to do. The first thing that he had to do, we're going to do these things this morning, because you do them in a moment. The effects may take some time, but we do them in a moment. And today is that moment. Today is that moment. Here in this service, in the next half an hour, is that moment. Number one, he had to tear down the altar. An altar in life is there to demonstrate what you idolize, what you worship. I'll say it this way, what has authority in your life? What has right to rule in your life? Now, as believers, as Christians, absolutely, we say Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. The altar in my life is to Jesus. And yet so many times there are strongholds and there are altars in our lives to other things that we say, well, actually, that's got some power as well. That mentality's got some authority in my life. That, that, 
that thing that every time we're under pressure, just can't do it, just can't do it, just can't do it. But you were raised with hearing, just can't do it, just can't do it. So what actually you're doing is you're building an altar to just can't do it. Hello? You're building an altar to just can't do it. You're building an altar to can't afford it. You're building an altar to... I, I, I want to be careful here, but I want to I say some things to provoke a bit of a reaction. You know, the little anti-white comments or the little anti-black comments. Hello? We're building altars to mentalities and mindsets that today need to be torn down. See, the lie of the enemy is that it is inevitable for you to keep those altars in your life. Because they're justified. You can go back to evidence why you've got that altar there. Hello? You got evidence. You saw it happen, which proves your point. Well, the enemy's a liar. And the Bible says, every knee shall bow. Can I say it like this? Every altar is going to be destroyed. Keep declaring it. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. Why? Because we were born for more than bowing down to altars of the past. We were born for more than having issues. We are born for more because God has said, the old has gone, the new has come. We've been singing it in a new song. Is it Headlight? Is that the one? The old has gone, new start, new start. The old has gone, the new has come. And that's the truth here today. The old has gone, the new has come, and all things are of God, the Bible says, when we receive Jesus Christ as Lord. So the first thing we need to do is tear down the altar. What's the second thing that Gideon had to do? He had to cut down and cut up the image. Now, the image was not an image of the Father. It wasn't an image of Gideon. I understand that. It was the image of the Asherah God, of Baal. But what image is it that you've got parading in your life? What image is it that you're bowing down to every day? See, we're dealing with the altar. We say, that's not going to have authority in my life. But what image of yourself do you see? This is me. This is, this is who I am. This is what I look like. This is what I sound like. This is me. Can't do anything about it. Can't change it. I'm not talking about the image you see in a physical mirror. I'm talking about the image you see of your life. Perhaps the image of your future. All seen through the filter of the image of your past. You see, I, I found out long, 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 long time ago, early on in my Christian life, I'm never really going to totally fix myself. Yeah? Thank God for the work of the Holy Spirit but I'm never really going to totally fix myself. But I can submit myself to God 
and get on with life anyway. Yeah? See, there are too many people hung up with how they fail, how they get it wrong, how they're not good enough, how they're not anointed enough, not skillful enough, haven't got enough joy, haven't got enough faith, haven't got enough of this, haven't got enough of that. Because of the past, I'm never going to be like this. Because I'm education, I'm never going to be like that. How do you see yourself? You see, you see, God has not said, He said, be holy. And actually where it says in the Bible, be perfect. He's talking about having a heart for God and allowing God to work through. He's not saying be Superman. He's not saying be superwoman, wonder woman. Whatever it is. Spider-Man. You see, God doesn't want us to try and be perfect, but he does want us to submit wholeheartedly to God and allow his spirit do such a work in us that we're transformed from the inside out. But the transforming work that God wants to do so often is, is stopped is thwarted by the image that we've got parading around with us. Yeah, God says I'm a world overcomer, but I see a, I see a defeated person. God says I can do all things, and yet I see someone that can't do anything. God says whatever you put your hand to will prosper, but I see someone who's never got enough. God says, by his stripes you were healed and I see someone who's sick. Or perhaps, you know, my dad or my mum, you know, perhaps had a disease and, and, they, had a, and they died of that beforehand, you know, before them. And they, they did it. It's inevitable. I'm sure it's in my genes somewhere. You know, my dad died, not mine, but, you know, my dad died at 48 from a heart attack. Oh man, I'm 45 and I'm just believing God. Image. Oh, I've got so much I can say on this. I think it's made its point. Perhaps because of an abusive father, you're trying to find, as a lady, you had an abusive father, perhaps you're trying to find the perfect man. Can I say, God, there isn't one. There isn't one. Well, there may be a couple. There isn't one. And I'm going to be really careful with this, but lower your standards. Hello? Because of what you saw as a failure example, you want something that's unobtainable. Perhaps you saw a parent situation that was loveless affectionless, cold. Should we use the word cold? <laughs> and so now, man, you're trying to find the perfect woman. And that's man talk, guys. You know what we're talking about. You didn't see any affection there, so you're looking for something that's just, whoo, smoking. Can I say, guys, there isn't the perfect woman? Well, there's one. I got her. So there's none left for you. 
What's the image that you're holding around? You see, so many of the images that we need to destroy today were put there by the past generation. But there are people perhaps here today that have altars and images, not just from there that were put there by the past, but you put there yourself. Unforgiveness is a prison that the other person has the key for. Forgive them and you go free. But it's an altar. I can't forgive, I can't forgive. You're worshipping that stronghold, that, that altar. Perhaps it's, it goes past unforgiveness into bitterness. Uh, well, that's a prison, a poison that really you're feeding yourself. So screwed up on the inside because of what happened to you. You're poisoning yourself every day. Regret. This is another image, another altar that you've built. Regret. Well, what's that? It's a drug that numbs us into, into apathy, into not doing anything. I'm so, I live in so much regret, I'm just not doing anything else. You getting anything out of this? Shame is a painful reminder that we're not perfect yet. Fear. It's a spirit that will paralyze us. Whether that's fear of sickness, fear of it going wrong, fear of not coming out the other side. The Bible says we've got to trample these things underfoot. We've got to tear down some altars. We've got to cut up some images and burn them. It's time to destroy them and move on. I don't want to use just a crass expression, get over it. You don't just get over it. You've got to tear it down and you've got to burn it. You've got to use your faith on it and get the Holy Ghost anointing on it. So what do we got to do today? Three things, if I can have the band up, please. Three things in this. Number one, we've got to understand these are choices. They are not curses. These are choices. They are not curses. Me laying hands on you to get free from a mentality of an abusive past is not going to work. God can heal aspects, but the mentality is a choice. The Bible didn't say cast out your thoughts. It says take captive your thoughts. And that is a choice. Everybody say that's a choice. Look at someone say choices, not curses. You see, there are choices that destroy strongholds. Why? Because Christ has already redeemed us from the curse. See, Gideon broke free despite the fear that was trying to stop him. I love this passage. It says, even though he feared his father, even though he feared the generation, even though he feared the people, he still went and did it. Yeah, but if I forgive, what's going to happen to me? If I don't keep in mind that heart attack at 48, what's going to happen to me? Fear is going to want you to keep an idol, keep an image and keep an altar. It's going to want you to hang on to it. 
I love it. It says, he didn't do it by day. He did it by night. Uh, you know, I heard Joyce Meyer say this years ago, and it just, I've used this so many times. Do it scared. Do it anyway. Do it scared. If you wait for the moment when you feel awesome, actually, you've got nothing to deal with. So many things in God, we've got to fight. We fight by faith and we, uh, you know, we get all of that but your emotions are going all over the place. Your mind is telling you you're an idiot. But do it anyway. See, if God is for you, no one can succeed in holding you back. What's the second thing we need to do? We need to build a godly image. We need to see ourselves as God sees us. How do we do that? Words of our mouth. It doesn't matter what others said about me. What does God say? What does my heavenly Father say about me? It doesn't matter what a generation said. What does God say? It doesn't matter what a colour of race says. What does God say? It doesn't matter what a strata of society says. What does God say? Watched RV yesterday. You think you watch a lot of films. Well, I do a lot of other stuff as well. So sometimes I just got to sit there and go, Bleh. and I did. I channel flicked for a little bit and I found RV. Oh, I just find that film hilarious. Robin Williams. And it was halfway through. I didn't care. I knew the rest of it. I could catch up. <laughs> I knew that. I know that. I've seen that film so many times with every child and with Sharon and on my own. Just a funny film. And in the end, they've been in this, in the, in this family's bus who sort of live on the road. And they're homeschooled. And then there's this other family that have been with them and and they're the bright ones going to Stanford and whatever else. Anyway, it comes out at the end and this girl says to this boy, you know, because they're doing some work on the bus. And she says, oh, you know what? Are you doing something for, a, you know, some kind of uh, college sort of vocational thing? Really putting him down. And he says, no, I skipped, a, I skipped a grade. And she skipped two grades. She was like, you're homeschooled and you live on a bus. And she said, what? So you guys are like, you guys are bright? <laughs> it's like, huh? You guys are bright. You've got it. Doesn't matter what people have said about you or what they think about you. It's what you see about yourself, which comes from what God says about you. There are so many people who have been born free that don't know it. And I want to declare you today, you're free now. Now, you're not trying to get free. You were born free. When you gave your life to Jesus Christ. God said, free. Mine says, image, altar, bound, can't, won't. God's just saying, free. Free, 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 free. Image, altar, can't, won't, free. So what we're going to do is we're going to start to get something out of our mouths today. I am free 
now in Jesus' Name. Let's stand to our feet in this place as we destroy some altars and we burn some images. Are you with me today? What's the final thing that He had to deal with or that happened? Really powerful. The images were pulled down, destroyed. The people came out and said, who did this? The devil's gonna come out and say, who do you think you are? Who's done this? Who are you to do this? And I love it. They said, you don't need to defend Baal. If he's God, he can defend himself. But what happened is they changed the name of Gideon. His name was no longer Gideon. According to them, it was, if I can put it like this, the one who fights Baal. The one who stood against him. Today I want to declare a new name over each and every person in this place. The one who stood against the generational hand-me-down. The one who stood against the fear of the heart attack. The one who stood against the I can't mentality that's gone back generations. You see, these things are not curses. They're not curses that God needs to set you free from. He says, you're born free, now think free. Speak free, live free. Destroy the image. I want to declare you the one free, free from unfaithfulness in marriage. I want to declare you the one who contended with abuse and won. Come on, let's lift our hands to God right now. Let's lift our hands to God in this place. What altar are you worshipping right now? The altar of I'm not going to get through this. The altar of I got it from my dad. I got it from my mum. The altar of I'm not going to be like my dad. I'm not going to be like my mum. The altar of I didn't have a dad. I didn't have a mum. What's the image that you see yourself right now? I'm never going to progress past this point in my life. Never going to buy a house. Never going to have a healthy marriage. Come on, what I want us to start doing right now is just start to pray in the Spirit. Right now, there is a contending going on for your future. A contending going on for your future. Come on, let's just start to pray in the Spirit a little bit. Not often we do this. Father God, we stand here today and we declare in Jesus' name a new day, a new name. Lord, we receive it in Jesus' name. Those who contend with the past, those who contend with the idols, those who contend with the images, those who contend with the failures, those who contend with the generational inheritance, those who contend with the mindsets and the attitudes, those who contend with the failures of the past, those who contend with the strongholds in Jesus' name. And right now we declare healing, deliverance, freedom, wholeness, 
in our lives, in our circumstances. Come on, why don't you lift your voice a little bit here? Why don't you start to say, I'm free. Come on, I'm free. I refuse to live under this yoke of bondage anymore. I believe it. I receive it. Come on, start to talk. We're tearing down some altars right now. I refuse to be poor anymore in my emotions, in my spirit, in my relationships. I refuse to live under a reaction from the example of the marriage that I've seen before. I refuse to live under the image of what I've seen and what I've been handed down. Come on, guys, you've got to trample on some stuff right now. In Jesus' name, we tear down the altars. In Jesus' name, we tear down. We tear down poverty. We tear down unforgiveness. We tear down bitterness. We tear down racism. We tear down small-mindedness. We tear down insecurity. We tear down rejection. We tear down unhelpfulness. We tear down hopelessness. We tear down unfaithfulness. We tear down divorce. We tear down abuse. We tear down in Jesus' name. And we declare freedom in this place. Freedom in this place. Freedom in the, come on, why don't you declare it out? Freedom in my life. Freedom in my family. Freedom in my marriage. Freedom. Freedom in, come on guys, let's go for this. Let's declare a victory shout in this house. Freedom in Jesus' name. Freedom in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. We stand here free right now. (laughs) Free in Jesus' name. For where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. It was for freedom that Christ has made me free. I stand firm then and will not be yoked again by any oppressive stronghold, thought or action. I refuse to live my life in the inevitable. I live my life in decision from the words and the image that the Father has for me. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Come on, won't you turn to someone?